All right, Psalm 83. Psalm 83. Try to finish this up on the War of Annihilation tonight, but I always have hopes. But, uh, you know, talking about crows, I remember when I learned that Balaam's mule could talk, so that gave me hope preaching. Do you hear me? And I mean that. I mean that to all of my heart. I got a blessing when I found out. If he can make a mule talk, he can, he can use me. Hey, uh, got more to say than I've got ability sense to say, but I'll start this. If somebody needs a handout, somebody will bring this to you. Anybody didn't get a handout on the maps and whatever? Mark, would you help since you're closest? Uh, anybody else? Mark will get them to you. Jessica and the two ladies on the front. Um, I want to start out with correcting something that I said last week about the hook. I could have waited till we got into Ezekiel 38, but I, I prefer not to. When I said, what, what is the hook? I made two mistakes. I said, God put it in their, in, in, in their nose, but he puts it in their jaw. Okay. And also said one of the hooks was, uh, and I still believe this, but I'm going to clarify what I said. That is the gas reserves that has been recently found in the nation of Israel back in 2008, 2009, something like that. Now, Russia happens to be the second leading producer of gas and oil, uh, or gas, not oil, in, in the world. And, uh, and yet, that is, I believe, with all my heart, going to be one of the hooks that's going to bring them down to there. But here's where I made the mistake. I said Israel just discovered one of the world's largest deposits of, of, of gas, and that's not true. That is not true. It is the largest that they have. Matter of fact, they've named it Mammoth. That's pretty big. Uh, so anyway, it's an amazing thing, and I believe they've got oil in there too. Actually, actually, I may as well go ahead and tell you, they, there are many people that believe, they've done research and studies, that they have they have. They have as much shell oil. Now, I can't explain that because I didn't look it up, but I will someday, as Saudi Arabia. Now, that's exciting. Do you hear me? Without, without a doubt. I mean, I, I wish I could remember the child that Jacob put uh, the blessing on and talked about the oil and, you know, that, that, that would be in his inheritance or in his future. Listen, God never fails in... Keeping his promise may take him 5,000 years to do it, but he'll keep his promise. Amen. All right, Psalm 80, 83, I'm going to read one verse, and it is verse 4. Uh, would like to say, I'm going to try to wrap this up tonight. They have said, and it's talking about now, the nations that, that surround the nation of Israel. And in a minute, Tim's going to put the black and white map up with the Psalm 83 nations on it. We'll look at it. Very quickly, there are 10 of them that share the same border that the nation of Israel did. This passage of Scripture, I believe, as I've told you before, I need to tell you again, I believe is both historical and prophetical, meaning that when Asaph wrote it, I believe he wrote it uh, from an experience that had happened probably in the days of David and or Solomon or one of the kings of Judah that maybe I couldn't pinpoint, but... Because I told you Asaph is also a seer, although we can't see any obvious prophecy in this 83rd Psalm, I believe still God has given us a prophecy of a war that's going to happen 
in the end times, either the one that is happening now that will develop to be this war prophetically, or it will happen. This is a precursor to that war. And those nations, as you've heard me say, but repetition is a good way to learn, uh, have said and will say, come let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. Remember, Hamas's charter says in essence that very thing. So does the Palestinian uh, charter. They don't want to live in cohabitation with a Palestinian state and a, a Jewish state. They want to rid the area and the world of all the Jews. Anti-Semitism. They're anti-Semitic. And, and can anybody remember the percentage of how much anti-Semitism just recently has risen in America? If I say 300%, does that sound right? 380. Thank you. I, I was really thinking it was closer to 400 than what I was saying, but I wanted to air, so I wanted to come back next week and apologize again. <laughs> Correct myself. But, but that is phenomenal. Phenomenal in America. We, we ought not be seeing that, ought not be hearing that, and yet... We are. Now, hey, I got my pointer this evening. Do I, look, do I look smart when I get that pointer? All right, look here. I hope y'all can see it over there. Y'all see? I, I'm nervous as I can be. That's the tremors I got from taking some of my anti-drug, anti-kidney rejection medicine. But anyway, I can still hold it. Y'all see that right there, right? That's Israel. The dark. Y'all know who surrounds Israel? The Arab nations, all kinds of them. Now, I did a little research on that, and this absolutely, to me, was remarkable. Israel was promised via Abraham and the Abrahamic covenant by God to Abraham, 300,000 square miles. He promised, he promised all the land, and I can't see it there, so no use try, all the land from the river Euphrates on the east to the Mediterranean Sea, from Hamas, a little north of Lebanon, not Hamas. Um, no, it, no, it's not Syria. It's um, Hamath, Hamath. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. But now I've got Hamas in my mind, and y'all may as well forget about it. But uh, there, is a, there is a place above Libya that is the northern border all the way down, if I remember correctly again, to the river of Egypt, 300,000 square miles. I even said the other day in a message I messed up that what they have now is 30,000 square miles. That's not true. 30,000 square miles was the most area of that promised land up to this point, up to this date that they have inhabited and had a control and ownership of in the days of David and Solomon. They possess now a little over 8,000 square miles. They're going to get the whole kit and caboodle. Y'all hear me? One of these days, Jordan's going to become Israel. <laughs> Syria's going to be Israel. Y'all do get that, don't you? I had no use, to, no use to go on with that. But listen to this. Now, thinking that their largest land mass that they were going to possess is 300,000 um, 300, square miles... You know what I didn't? Yeah, here it is. Israel is surrounded by four neighboring nations, all right? It is, it is Lebanon in the north, it's Syria, it's Jordan, and Egypt. 
Is that right? Okay. Just four Muslim Islamic nations, four surrounding them. Plus, we don't have the Ezekiel 38 map up to, to where that, that the, the Muslims, the Islams go up into Turkey, down, um, down south of Egypt, and Iran and all of those places. Listen, to this is astounding to me. There are four neighboring uh, nations. Israel had now 300,000, but their, their neighboring nations have 496,093 square miles, 62 times larger than the nation of Israel. Isn't that amazing? I'm telling you, friend, God is amazing in, in what he does. 62 times compared to what they have now, all right? So I, I wish, I, here, here's some more, here's some more uh, numbers. Israel has a little over 9 million people in Israel. Uh, 7 million and some of them are Jewish. The others are, are Arabs or um, Arabs. They're, they're Israeli citizens and other populations. But their four neighboring nations surrounding them has 145,619,838 people in their population. Now, y'all don't seem to be too, too impressed with that, but I, I think it's rather amazing. There, that one little nation sits, and all the rest of them is against them, and God's not going to let anything happen to them. Do you know what the degree of ratio is? And I checked this two or three times. It's 600 to 35. Now, you would think that they could all get together and just come and whoop up on Israel. That just isn't going to happen. And let me tell you why. Turn to the book of Zechariah. Zechariah, the next last book in the Bible, chapter 12. And listen to this first. We're going to get one out of the book of Amos, too, before we go tonight. Book of Zechariah, right, at, right before the book of, of Malachi, right after the book of, what is it? Haggai? 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 Zechariah? Malachi? That'd make a song, wouldn't it? Chapter 12, verse 6. Chapter 12 of the book of Zechariah. Boy, if you want to read some good stuff about end time, Start about chapter 10 of Zechariah and finish chapter 14, and it just, it just is amazing. Verse 6 of chapter 12, and listen how it starts, in that day. That's a great phrase in the Word of God, actually, and, and it speaks about the day of the Lord, speaks about this day that we're talking about. He said, in that day will I make the governors of Judah, and listen to this, how how poetic and how picturesque uh, God inspired Zechariah to write this. Like an hearth of fire among the wood, like a torch of fire in a sheaf, and they shall devour all the people round about on the right hand and on the left hand, and Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place, even in Jerusalem." Isn't that, isn't that beautiful and picturesque? Doesn't that promise a great victory? Turn back to the book of Amos. The book of Amos. Uh, the book of Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah. Daniel, Hosea, Amos, Obadiah. Aren't you glad your mom and dad didn't name you Obadiah? Joel chapter 9 verse 15. 
Amos, I am sorry. Excuse me, I turned a page or two uh, too much. Chapter 9 of the book of Amos, verse 15. And this is talking about his people and, uh, and how secure they are. Y'all remember the T-shirt I told you that Abraham Steinbeck, our guide in 1985, told us he'd sell us. We got back to the hotel. Don't worry, Israel, don't worry America. Israel's behind you. Well, see, they get, that, they get that kind of stuff out of verses like this. He said in verse 15, the last verse of the book of Amos, And I will plant them upon their land, and they shall no more be put out of their land, which I have given them, saith the Lord thy God. Boy, I like that. that, that, that that's got to help them sleep at night with, without a doubt. Now, look, let me, let me put something before you here to kind of to kinda think about. I don't know about you all, but I... I have all kinds of strange thoughts or crazy thoughts. I mean, when something like this goes on that's happening in Israel with Hamas, and it's got, it's got, the, um, it's got the attention of the world, it's got the attention of, of preachers and Christians and, and, and prophecy people and people that just love the Lord and love the Word of God, and it ought to. Folks, we're living in the last days. If you agree with that, say Amen. We're going to find that out when we get to Ezekiel 38 and 39. It's, it's repeated in there, at least I can remember off the top of my head, at least three times. Look, uh, we're, we're, we're right up against it. I'll tell you one of the reasons why I believe when we get there, we're in the last days, just exactly like the Word of God said. But we don't have to look for reasons. There's so many now that's all you got to do is, like you're going into the store, pull them off the shelf, see which one you want to talk to uh, tonight. But they're there. We're living, no doubt in my mind, and lots and lots and lots of men that are prophetic men, Bible men, scholar men, greater than me, say the same thing. And I believe we are. I believe we're going home soon. How exciting that is. But, but as this war started, I thought, well, is this going to turn into a full-scale war to where all of their neighbors all at once come against them? Are they going to have more than just the one front they got in Gaza? Now, we know up north in Lebanon, they're, they're hauling in missiles, you know, from north. And uh, they've got really two fronts that they're working on, not, not as bad as Gaza. And they're about to take out Gaza totally. Y'all know that, don't you? Even Israel just, I understand if I heard correctly. Now, y'all know I misunderstand or hear correctly and then trying to say it, get it wrong. But I understand that Israel has proposed another week, another week of, uh, of, you know, just not engaging so that they can release some hostages and do a couple other things. So they've got to be real close, I think, if they're willing to give that. So what I wondered, I got to thinking today, and it hit me. I thought, well, you know, they don't have to be in a war around all of these. What if they wipe up on Hamas and then Hezbollah keeps aggravating them so they just decide what Benjamin Netanyahu said uh, when all of this started. This is what got us. When he said this, it caught my attention. We're going, and I quote, we're going to change the face of the Middle East. What if when they get done with Hamas, if they just turn and go north, get on their north border of Lebanon, and invade it to get rid of Hezbollah? Wouldn't that be amazing? Now, look, they've... And since they've been back in the land, y'all know they've won every war that they've come, that's come up against them. Y'all do know that, don't you? From, from the first war that, what was it, five or six uh, Arab nations came against them, tried to, tried to get rid of them. 
Man, I'm telling you what's the truth. There's a book out there. I wish I could get the name of it. Some of those Israeli soldiers tell tell tales of what happened during that period of time. There was one man on the border of Egypt. I forget how many, how many Egyptian soldiers uh, uh, surrendered to him. He come walking up a road, and there was like 600 walking behind him. I mean, pretty amazing, you know. That's a God thing when things like that happen. But what would happen if they did that? And they just one at a time, they pick those off. They get in a place. See, here's the big thing that nobody can say right now about when the war of Gog and Magog is going to happen. According to Ezekiel 38, they got to be living in a place of safety and security. Well, I'm going to tell you all something. They feel pretty safe right now. Isn't that right, Philip? They feel pretty safe right now. They've got an air force that's nobody's beat. They've got a ground war that, 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 that nobody can stand up against. Mossad is one of, if not the best intelligent agencies in the world, although they get it wrong sometimes too because they are human. But oh, I'll tell you what, I don't know. It's an exciting time and to look and see how this is going to develop, I don't know. Well, this Psalm 83 i got to hurry, and I'm going to, is motivated by anti-Semitism. That desire, again, to completely, to completely annihilate the nation of Israel. But the difference between this war and the war of Ezekiel 38, the battle of Gog and Magog, and we'll pick that up next week, the Lord willing, is motivated by the fact that God is going to put a hook in their mouth and draw them down to Egypt, and they won't be hard to pull because they, because they want the spoil of the nation of Israel. They want the gold, the silver, the cattle. Do y'all know that I asked y'all last week where one of the richest places is on planet Earth? It is, but where specifically in Israel? The Dead Sea, why? All the minerals that is there. I read today, and I can't remember the exact number, but they have guesstimated that the worth of the minerals, the many different minerals in the Dead Sea are worth some trillions of dollars. Isn't that amazing? Their oil reserves, their gas reserves, there's like six I want to see here's numbers again, and y'all know I don't do too good. I think it's like 6,600 millionaires that live in Israel. They're the leading nation in technology and in, and in agricultural production. I mean, to tell you, it's a, rich, it's a rich place in a lot of different ways. But you go back to the military part of it, Russia would love, Russia would love to have a warm water port. Russia would love to be able uh, to control gas more than what should. Y'all know this year, isn't it, that, that uh, Russia reduced or lifted up the cost of the oil or the gas that they're sending to Europe and even cut Germany totally off? I mean, there, there are so many sides to this, not just the spiritual side, but the political side and the social side. It goes way Way, way over my head. But when Israel gets the victory, friend, it's going to be a good one. Um, as I've told you, and I'm going to tell you again, again for repetition, I don't apologize for that. 
This war of annihilation, whenever it is fought, it's going to be the gateway. It's going to be the open door to allow that Russian-led um, confederation of Islamic states to come down into Israel. And God's going to whoop up on them. Can, do you ever wonder why that's important? God's going to whoop up on them on the, on, on the mountain of Israel? Do you ever wonder what else that goes on in the, in the, in the time of, of the tribulation? This is a period of time we're talking about, the, day, the days after the church is gone, before the millennial reign comes. Well, there's a fella that's going to come on the scene that we call Antichrist. And if, that, and, and if God removes a big, a big bear like Russia and a lot of those Islamic states in the Middle East, don't y'all think it's going to kind of open the door up for the Antichrist to come and say, hey, come here, this mean you make a peace treaty together. Can y'all see how this might fit in prophetically? Not sure. Are y'all with me tonight? Now, I don't know, but it's intriguing. I can see the real possibility of that, him, him coming out of the revived Roman Empire. And y'all know the Roman Empire has never died because the, the Roman Catholic Church has gone on. Y'all hear what the Pope did? Can I give y'all a little bit of thought that I've had on that? Now, in the end times, we're going to have a one world religion. We're going to have a, a one world government. And there's, hey, do you, do you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking that homosexuality is going to be the thing that brings all the churches together in the last days. Now, the Lord give me that one. If y'all already had it, you should have told me. I'd give you credit for it. I don't know when I explain it exactly, but the Pope told the priests, I won't call them fathers because the Bible says call no man fathers, um, that they could, quote, bless uh, gay couples or people in same-sex relationships. Now, not in the way that they do heterosexual couples. They kind of do it on the side, you know. You can't do it kind of like when they're doing their liturgy. Is that well said, John? or their liturgy, uh, you know, but it's kind of like, you know, you come in and see me in my office after a while, and I'll give you a legitimate, I mean, it's kind of like speaking out both sides of the mouth. But you all know, you all know, now, I don't know whether it costs these couples anything, but it wouldn't surprise me. You all know down through the, you all know why there's purgatory. Roman Catholic Church needed money. And they said, look, let's, uh, Let's create something to generate money. Let's create a purgatory and tell, tell these people when their loved ones die, if they give us money and give a lot of Hail Marys and prayers, they'll get out of purgatory quicker than what they would if they'd have just had to stay there long enough to pay for their sins. See, this is why I don't believe Catholics are saved. They, they believe in the works, but salvation. They don't believe in the grace of God. You, you know what I'm saying? And other things, I don't want to offend too many people, but but... I mean, you, you knew these things, didn't you, John? And they, I mean, when the church historically has gotten into trouble financially, what's absolution? Isn't that where you go, say, Father, I have sinned? and Yeah, but you got to pay a little bit too, don't you, John? I, I mean, they, they, 
they even, they even have something, I can't remember what it's called, that they'll let you pay for sins on credit. Out of purgatory, yeah. Yeah, you got it. It is crazy, but you got you to give them credit for being brilliant. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe we needed to hire a Catholic to help us get this church. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You hear me? Right, right. No. The people that are in the relationships. Oh, yeah, you think? Yeah, without a doubt. But, I, you know, it hit me. I'm, I told Debbie, I said, you know what I think is going to kind of bring church together in the last days to get that one world religion? I believe it'll be homosexuality. I, I mean, that, that it... Well, uh, that's a good question. What Islam? You think so? Oh, yeah, it is. I, yeah, I've said that for years. That's a good question. I have to look at it. I haven't thought about it, to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't know what kind of relationship the Pope has with, with the, you know, with the imams. I know he's got one. Every, every president in my lifetime has met with the Pope. That's how powerful he is. I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe you can educate me on that one. See, that makes my mind. I'm, it's, spin, it's spinning up here. See, I, I, I want to say something like the Catholics might like that, but I better not. I mean, I'm, I'm just being realistic. There's a reason all of these daddies wear mama's dresses. And I know they're not daddies, so don't take that wrong. So, all right, I'm going to get in trouble if I keep talking, so I'll get back to my notes. Hey, I can stand up for myself, though. See, I, man, I'm telling you, I'm not afraid of them. I just, I just don't want to hurt you all, just to be honest with you. I went in, I went in, a, uh, in a meeting when I was active in counseling. And uh, it had to do with homosexuals. And they were all priests in the Catholic Church. I'm just saying. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm just telling you the truth. Um... There, if what I'm reading after scholars, they seem to think that Ukraine will be a part of that. Yes, ma'am. Now, whether they are or not, I can't. I can't tell. I don't have a sense of that. You remember I told you those stand nations, and we will get to that Uzbekistan and uh, you know those other stands. They, they'll be a part of it. They say so. That's because it's made up of many people. When Rosh comes down, Gog Magog, when they come down, you know it'll be those Islamic nations and. And many other people. In, in the end, every nation will turn against Israel. Every nation, including America. Including the United States of America. See, I got an opinion about that too. Does that surprise y'all that I've got an opinion? I, exactly. When, when, look, America's a great nation because she's a Christian nation. I don't, I don't care who in the White House or the Capitol anywhere in America says that we're not a Christian. We are. Look at our documents. Look at our monuments. Look at our government. Look at the way it established the whole nine yards. We, we got it on our side. And I believe that, that there are a great number of Christians in America today. For years, I have thought that one of the things that will cripple America to make her a subservient nation to some other 
nation around the world and become a part of the whole global idea. That's one of the reasons they hated Trump. Y'all know that, don't you? He's America first. Whether you like him on Twitter or anything else, even in the White House, look, he is a, an American. He's American first. He proved it, at least he did to me, unless I've been totally to deceive. So that's why the globalists don't like him, all right? So, so when the rapture comes, I believe there's so many Christians in America that, that there are going to be just so many gone in leadership positions, in positions of authority and whatnot. It's going to break us from the inside. And the fact that we are $33 trillion in debt, we're not going to have any standing on, global, on the global stage. We're not going to have any power. We're not going to have position. We're not going to have any place. I have felt like that for years, economics was going to be the thing that broke our back. But just in the last 10 years, I've added to that the fact I believe when the rapture comes, there'll be so many of God's people gone that it'll cripple America in a way that nobody can imagine. I'm glad I won't be here. Oh, you're exactly right. Yeah. You're exactly right. Won't be any coming back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's why that his, history channel Ancient Aliens is on. I believe they'll say, you know, they just come and beamed us up. I, I really believe that kind of stuff. But we'll see. Two other things I'm going to close. How many of y'all have heard of the, uh, the Samson option out of Israel? You heard of it? You have? You want to tell them what it is? Okay, well, it's real simple. I'm going to explain it real simply. But I figured, though, you'd heard it. I'd like to know what your security level is after a while, if you'd tell me. It used to be, you know what I'm saying? Israel, look, they call it the Samson option. Israel has a plan to use nuclear power on the cities of any nation that appears to be near to defeating or overrunning them as a nation. Well, I say glory to God. Man, I'm all in on Israel. Do you hear me? I'd like somebody to help me brainstorm us having an Israel day here at church. Had one down at the old site, out the old uh, church, but I'd like to have one here. I, I want to show people we're standing in solidarity with the Israel man. But look, let me close with this. There's so much more to say. Golly, Ned, I've not even, I've not even touched surface all of this. But, but look, let me, let, me, let me finish with this. You know, when we begin to look around at all of this, and I said last week, I said, you know, it wouldn't take much for the, for the, for the Middle East to explode, just the right spark, that, you know, it'd all come tumbling, tumbling down, so to speak. But uh, God's sovereign. We, we ought not worry about this. We ought to wonder. We ought to read. We ought to pray. We ought to talk. We ought to think. We ought to listen. We ought to look. But God is sovereign. We, all we need to do is look to him and trust him. And listen to what he said in Psalm 124. He said, he that keepeth Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. So I'm like that. So I'm, I'm happy about it. He's got, he's got the ability, friend, to keep us either through whatever he allows uh, into our life he, or, or to keep us out of. And I don't know what he's going to do. But I tell you what, 
on the first, on the first hit of the first note on that trump, I plan to leave. All right, let's stand and sing whatever Jerry's got.